Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Phil Stringer, worship and creative arts pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires you and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Aren't you glad what God has done for you? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, Calvary. So good to see you. Pam and I, my wife Pam is with me today. We're so glad to be here and meet some new friends and see some old acquaintances that we've known for a while. So good to see you as well. See some folks there that I know very well. It's good to see you all. Um, And I know in, you know, the last few weeks or months, you've enjoyed the ministry of my good friend, Ron McManus. Amen. So I'm not Ron McManus. And uh, we'll uh, go from there. Well, the year two... Zero to zero. Won't you be glad when it's over? <laughs> we, we've seen unprecedented fires in the West built that burned millions of acres. Hurricanes, so they ran out of names. I saw one headline of an article that said, America is drowned, drowning and on fire all at the same time. I mean, we've had concerns about school, about travel, unemployment that has affected many, many people. And of course, the coronavirus. And now they're saying there may be a second wave. Who knows? But we do know this. We know that road rage is up 50%. Domestic violence is up tremendously. Google says that the search for words like worry, anxiety, and stress have gone up over 50% to 75% as well. I don't know if you felt like, uh, like I have like the little girl who was kneeling down at her bedside to say her prayers, she said, dear God, please take care of mommy, take care of daddy, and God, take care of yourself or we're all in trouble. (laughs) And I've felt that way many times, how about you? But it's caused for a lot of people sort of anxiety in their life, even panic, Stress, and maybe for many of you. But is there a way that we can move from panic to peace? And I believe the Bible gives us direction on that. That we can, don't have to stay where we are, but we can move to the place that God wants us to be, to have the peace of God. So I'd like to read for you from Philippians chapter four, verses four through eight, 
And I believe the apostle Paul gives us some keys that if we could grab onto that would help us move from the stress of this time that we're living in into what God wants us to have as the peace of God. And this is what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there is anything of excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me and seen in me, put in practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Would you read that last sentence with me out loud? And the God of peace will be with you. Wow. Well, I think the Apostle Paul gives us some keys that could help us no matter what we're going through and no matter what the times that we're living in. So I want to give those to you today. The first one is this, that we should learn to rejoice, learn to rejoice. You see, this kind of rejoicing that he's talking about doesn't come from an, an exterior locus. It, it's an interior. It is the joy that comes from inside of us when we know who is the king of our life. We rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Now, I think this is pretty interesting that the Apostle Paul even wrote this, because at the time he wrote this, he was sitting in prison. This, uh, the book of Philippians is what's called a prison epistle, a, pi a prison letter. It was written in prison, and it wasn't like a prison like sometimes we see. This was more like a dungeon, it was probably underground, it was damp, it was dark, he was chained hand and foot 24 hours a day, and prisoners usually had very little to eat, and what they got to eat were the scraps that the, guard didn't, the guards didn't want. And yet, he wrote to that church and to you and to me, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. See, he, had under, he understood a principle that we must understand too, is that no matter what situation we're in, 
When we have the Lord with us, we can rejoice in that situation, no matter where it is, no matter what's going on in our life. Joy can come up from the inside of us because we know that we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord will become our strength. Amen? So God wants to strengthen you from your joy. But you know, I've seen some Christians, can I just say, that look like they've been sucking on some lemons. Or they're critical, or they're nasty, you know? I saw a boy a few years ago, was sort of in one of the queue lines in a fast food restaurant, and there was a teenage boy that was in front of me, and he, when he turned the corner, he had a T-shirt on and said, Jesus is cool. And I thought, man, that's, I, love, I love that. Of course, I asked him the religious question. said, oh, I like your shirt. said, where, where do you go to church? He said, well, I don't go to church. said, I love Jesus, but I don't like Christians. And all of us could understand that probably on some level. But what the apostle's trying to teach us is that we can learn to rejoice no matter what we're going through. If he can rejoice in the prison that he was in, you can rejoice in the situation that you are going through right now. God can give you joy right in the middle of your situation. Amen? Amen? Well, here's the second thing. Stop the worry cycle. Stop the worry cycle. These scriptures said, don't be anxious for anything. In other words, don't worry about anything. Now, if I could just be real for a moment, if I was writing this, Paul wrote it under the influence of the Holy Spirit. God was telling him exactly what to write there. But if I was writing it in my own flesh, I probably would have written it more like this. You know, try not to worry if you can. Maybe just don't worry as much. But that's not what he wrote. He wrote... Don't worry about anything. Wow. You know, the word worry or anxiety from the English means to choke or to strangle. From the Greek, it is the root word for being double-minded. USA Today, in an article about worry, it said that people who are constant Worriers feel like they have to worry in order to get beyond the problem that they're in. I don't know if you've heard this or ever said it. I'm just worried sick. You ever heard that? Well, you know what? Worry will make you sick. I liken it to this. It's like uh, if you remember when you got a big when you were younger, got a big thing of bubble gum. You remember those double bubble thing, you know, you unwrap that thing, you put it in your mouth, you start chewing that thing. 
And here's, here's the thing. The more you chew it, the bigger it gets and the worse it tastes. And it's the same with worry. The more you, you muse on that, you muse on that, you go to bed with it, you wake up, you're, you're going over and over and over in your mind. And you know what happens? It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And worry, when you can allow worry to continue in your life, it can easily move you to the place of being fearful. And that fear will paralyze your faith to believe God. You see, God knew exactly what he was saying when he wrote this verse. Don't worry about anything. Proverbs 12, 25 says that the anxious heart weighs a man down. But Proverbs 14, 30, a heart at peace gives life to the whole body. I don't know about you, I'd rather have life in my body rather than be weighed down constantly. And when we allow worry to just weigh us down, weigh us down, weigh us down, it will pull you down. It will pull you down into constant despair. You can't do it. But here's the statistics that researchers have found. 30% of the things that we worry about are about things in the past. Things that have happened and can't be undone. Only 10% of the things we worry about are about things that are going on on the present, in the present. And we usually navigate those just fine. 60% of the things we worry about are about things in the future in which we have no control over. Worry will lead to fear, and fear will paralyze your faith. And if you think about it, worry is the ultimate declaration that I am in charge of my life. It is the declaration of self-reliance. Well, but he doesn't stop there. Learn to rejoice, stop the worry cycle, but he gives us something to add on to that. But instead, pray about everything, bring your petitions to God with thanksgiving. Don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Wow. Now, I want to help you here. I mean, I, you know, studied theology. I have a doctorate degree. So I want to give you a definition of prayer. It's going to blow your mind. Are you ready? Get ready. You might want to write this down. It's really, really going to blow your mind. You ready? All right, here it is. Are you with me? If you're with me, say, say you're with me. All right, here it is. You ready? Prayer is talking to God. It's talking to God. 
can do it anywhere, at any time. You know, I hear people say, oh, oh you know, we, we can't have prayer in school. Who says? You can pray anytime, anywhere. Kids can pray anytime, anywhere. And I grew up in church. I don't know if any of you did. So, you know, that, that were, those were my models that I had in church. And as you can tell, I'm not 20 years old. Um, but I, I remember in church thinking I, that there was only one way to pray. Because the people I heard pray in church prayed in King James English. Hello? Do you know what I'm saying? Goddess, you know, thouest comest to us and blessest thou, you know, and I thought, oh man, you gotta pray like that, I guess, for God, you know. And I knew those people didn't actually talk like that. I, you know, I wondered later in life, I wonder if God ever looked down when they were praying, oh God, you know, God, thou should just come. I wonder if God ever looked down and said, huh? Talk to God. Talk to him about everything. That's what Paul is saying to us. Pray about everything. Use your words. And listen, listen to me. You can even tell God your fears and your doubts. You can tell God when you're angry, when you don't know what to do, tell God everything. I remember praying with a lady one time, and she was angry at God over some situations that happened in her life. And I was kneeling there beside her and I said, why don't we just tell God, why don't you just tell God, I'm angry at you, God. She said, oh no, I couldn't tell God that. And I'm thinking, you don't think he knows? <laughs> He's, you're not gonna knock him off the throne because you have questions. He invites us to come. He invites us to come with all of the cares of life, all the things that are crowding you in, the things that you don't understand, the things you can't tell anyone else in the universe. Pray about everything. Bring your petitions to God with thanksgiving. You see, where worry is the ultimate declaration of self-reliance, Prayer is the ultimate dec declaration of God reliance. Where worry says, I, you know, I, I have to depend on myself. I, I, have to, I have to do this. I want to tell you, if you are only depending on yourself, you probably should be worried. But if we will depend on him, we put our faith in him, we pray to him, God, you are the director of my life. You, you are the ultimate in my life. I, I don't, I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. You have brought me together. You have found me. You have saved me. You have redeemed me. And Lord, you know my frame. You know who I am. You know my faults and failures. And Lord, I need you. 
You see, worry, you put, you put the focus on your situation, on your problem, on people. But prayer focuses your life on God. The one who's able to really help us. Amen. You know, we had at our house uh, a few years ago, we had a dog. And um, my, my boys were younger then and they were home. And, you know, we got this new dog and we, we are gonna have some rules about this dog. And are you with me? Where the dog can be, where the dog can't be. And one of the rules was the dog cannot be in the kitchen while we eat. That didn't last very long. My boys discovered that she liked broccoli more than they liked broccoli. And there was a lot of under the table stuff going on. But it was, it was frightening at times because that dog would sit there while we ate and stare. <laughs> any of you with me on this? You want, you want, any of you? Come on. I need, some, I need some comfort here. Just stare you down while you ate. And not only that, I realized, you know, when I had my fork on the plate and moved it to my mouth, the dog <laughs> followed it. And when I put my fork down, the dog's head. I did find it amusing to do this once, every one, once in a while. Really would confuse the dog, didn't know where to look. Well, the great reformer, Martin Luther, hundreds of years ago, had just such a dog. And he wrote a little prayer. And the prayer says something like this. Lord, just as that dog is intent on the meat, may my eyes be intent on you. You see, that's what prayer will do. It doesn't have to be formal. Just pray. Talk to God. Talk to him throughout the day. Talk to him when you're in your situation, when you're at work, when you're getting up in the morning. Talk to God. It focuses our eyes and our attention on the one who can really help us. Learn to rejoice. Stop the worry cycle. Pray about everything. With thanksgiving, he says. With thanksgiving, we should begin to praise God even when we can't see an answer. Because listen, listen to me. God is always at work on your behalf. Always. 
You say, well, I can't see that. I don't see. Listen, you, you might see it down the road. You might see it next week. You might see it next year. And in fact, I think you really can't understand life fully until you look backwards and see what God did. See the people God brought in your life. See the situations that God lined up that you just thought were accidental. But here's the fourth thing that he tells us in these verses. Learn to rejoice, stop the worry cycle, pray about everything, and think right thoughts. Think right thoughts. Psychologists have told us that there is a connection between thinking, feeling, and acting. We think a certain way, it causes an emotive response in us, and then we act. Think about that. Unless you're a teenager, that doesn't count. You act first, then you think, and then you may feel something at the end of that. But there's a connection. It's a connection between the way we think and then how we feel about that and then we act upon it. Well, God knew that before any psychologist knew it and that's why Paul even wrote in here. He said, think about those things that are true, that are right, that are lovely, that are pure. Think about those things. If they're things of praiseworthy value, think about those things. Because I want to tell you, you know this, garbage in, garbage out. You know, what you fill your mind with is going to affect how you feel. It's going to affect what you do. It's going to affect how you act. And the Apostle Paul said, listen, I want to tell you something. Think about those things that are life-producing in you. Think about those things that will help you. Think about those things that, are my, that will keep you mighty and strong before the Lord. Think about those things. It's so easy, I think, in the world that we live in, when we're flooded with media... We're flooded with TV. We're flooded with social media. And, you know, if you watch enough news on TV or read enough Facebook posts, you'll see enough negative to fill a truck. There's a lot of negativity in our world right now. Wouldn't you agree? And when you let that negativity, you let those thoughts dominate your thinking, it is going to affect what you do. I believe that's why the Apostle Paul said, listen, here's here's a way to get to peace. Stop worrying about everything as if you can control it rather than pray about everything to the God who can control everything and then you start thinking right things, things that are true, things that are pure, things that are praiseworthy. Think about those things. Then he says, 
the peace of God that transcends, goes beyond all human understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I want that kind of peace. How about you? You see, it's not just momentary pause. It is a peace that is beyond your ability to even comprehend it. It's a peace that can come in the middle of the worst circumstance. It's the peace that can come when you don't know what else to do or where to turn or who to ask. It's a peace that can come at that moment in your life when you least expect it. He can bring his peace down on you and it will just blow your mind. It'll, it's beyond anything you could understand. And it's a peace that can guard your heart and mind from the assaults of the enemy who wants to come against you and spoil your peace. God wants you to live in his peace. And it's a wonderful peace. I remember a few years ago, I was having... I went through a terrible situation for about a year with my eyes. <clears throat> In fact, I was pastoring at Raleigh First Assembly at the time. And it was, it was terrible. I was in terrible pain. I had, I had a blood clot in my eye. Um, terrible pain. I was pastoring a pretty large church at that time. I remember I'd preach on Sunday. The lights really bothered me. I'd preach on Sunday and exit off to the bathroom on the sides to vomit. It was, it was just awful. It was an awful time. Lots of pain. And I, I remember one day that I said, this is the worst day of my life. My 86-year-old mother drove me to work because I couldn't drive anymore. And it hurt me to even be there. And I'm thinking, you know, how, how can it get worse than this? Your 86-year-old mother's driving you to work. But you know, there's a blessing in everything because actually I was pretty glad I couldn't see everything that was going on in that travel. <laughs> but I remember one day, I was in terrible pain. I was laying on my bed. And I just cried out to the Lord, Lord, help me. Certainly I cried out, Lord, heal me. But I remember hearing a little voice in my heart that day. The Lord said, I give you my peace. As I laid on that bed that day, it was like a blanket was being lowered from heaven. And it just covered my whole body. And a peace came into me that never left me. Oh, I had days of pain after that, I had surgery after that. 
the outcome wasn't what I'd hoped for. But you know what? I never feared again. I never really was discouraged again. Because I had a peace that was beyond anything of my understanding. And as Paul said in that final sentence, the God of peace will be with you. No matter what you go through, no matter what you face, no matter what people may say, no matter what doctors may say, what lawyers may say, the God of peace will be with you. He can give you a peace to walk through any situation, any storm, any problem, anything. But will you receive it? Will you receive it? He wants to move us from places of stress and worry and fear to his peace. Will you stand with me? You know, I want my life to be a declaration of God dependency. It's not that I just need you, but it's critically important. God, I need you. Is that your declaration? If it is, Lord, I I need you. I need you in my life. I need you. Maybe you're going through stress right now. You're going through problems right now. Whether you're here in this room or you are online right now, the God of peace will be with you. Will you receive it? Let's lift our hands together if that's you. You'll say yes. I want to leave the worry, the stress. I want to leave all that behind. I want to receive the peace of God today, Lord, in your name. We receive the peace that passes understanding. We receive you, the God of all peace, the God who is in charge of our lives. We place our our lives in your hands, knowing that you are completely trustworthy and we can trust you to the end. So today, Lord, we commit ourselves to you afresh and anew that you are the director of our life. You know our frame, you know our faults, and yet you love us with a love that cannot be quenched. We receive the peace of God today. We receive the peace God. You know, we used to sing an old song years ago, peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. That's my prayer. How about yours? I receive the peace of God. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise and glory in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lord. Thanks for coming today. Listen, I want to tell you something. You can trust God with your life. You can trust him with your future. You can trust him in what you're going through. Let him lead you and he'll give you the peace that passes all human understanding. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon you. May the peace of God rest upon you. May the joy of the Lord bubble up in your spirit and may it become your strength for this day, for this week, in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you.